0: Welcome back into the Lions 24 7 podcast. I am Tyler Donahue. We are wrapping up an eventful week for the Nittany Lions here on a Friday morning. I'm coming to you from beautiful South Jersey. So, if it looks a little bit different, that's why. If it sounds a little bit different, that's why as well. Not in the home studio today. We'll be back there for a couple episodes next week. Uh, but we're going to look at a few things here some Penn State basketball recruiting uh, nuggets as three of the Nittany Lions 22. 22- S- signees ended up in the top 150 rankings that 24-7 Sports published this week. You'll hear from our Director of Basketball Scouting about why those Nittany Lions, future Nittany Lions, landed among the nation's top players. But we're going to begin with some football news because Penn State, of course, adding its 12th commitment of the 2023 recruiting cycle in Ijani Shakir, wide receiver out of Winslow Township, New Jersey. Um, first few high school seasons at Penn Salkin High School in New Jersey, and now at Winslow Township, and now a member of the Nittany Lions Recruiting Class. Class, number 27 nationally in 24-7 sports rankings at the receiver position. He's a four-star prospect by our account, and he is the 12th member of the number three class now in the country for Penn State. To help us break down this edition and a bunch more going on with Penn State recruiting, we bring back Brian Doan, national recruiting analyst, who does a tremendous job, of course, covering Penn State football. You've probably seen a bunch of his stuff coming out uh, from recent camps. Uh, always on it with the latest on the Nittany Lions recruiting news. We appreciate him for hopping on with us. Brian, you had a national podcast uh, with our guy Lance Glyn uh, earlier this week talking about Penn State. So we, we appreciate you for, for hopping on with us for a second consecutive week.
1: Yeah, no, no problem, man. I'm I'm always willing to uh, be on here and talk some Penn State recruiting they
0: are given us a lot to talk about. Four commitments in April, uh, now picking the first up here in May. I mentioned that Shakir coming over from uh, from Salken, the to Winslow Township, for his final high school season. Winslow Township has some familiar names on that coaching staff for Penn State fans, Bill Belton, Christian Hackenberg. Uh, it's a team to watch closely next fall, certainly for Nittany Lions fans. And Brian, this one got done uh, within a few days of your crystal ball pick. Sometimes things tend to happen that way. Why was the timing right for both sides from what you've gathered? I
1: think they just both wanted it done, to be honest. Um, it had been trending that way in a while. There was some talk that Ajani may make a visit to West Virginia in June. Um, his heart had been at Penn State for a long time, so it was just Penn State going through its receiver board and saying, okay, here's where everything stacks up, um, wanting Ajani on board. But Ajani wanted to get on board, so instead of delaying it, Uh, They just went forward, made the commitment. Now, when I put the crystal ball pick in, I was under the impression that it would not happen until the end of May. Uh, It just got accelerated. And it made sense because, you know, at one point early in his recruitment, Ajani was out there making a ton of visits, going to a lot of places, um, you know, really making sure he understood what different schools were about. After he released the top 10 in December, his focus really became crystallized with Penn State and he was not out there doing a lot of visits he he remained pretty much under the radar when it came to recruiting and, and you know doing stories and interviews and so it just made he wanted to be there Penn State wanted him there so why not get it done instead of just delaying things.
0: Yeah, that got done Wednesday night, publicly announced that he was a member of this Penn State recruiting class. And Brian, uh, Penn State offered him back in 2020, so this is a long-term recruitment. He was one of the earlier uh, 2023 offers out in New Jersey for Penn State. Um, He's the 12th guy on board here, but he's the first wide receiver. Let's talk specifically about what he can do at that position. Uh, 24-7 sports, evaluating him as a four-star there, a top 30 prospect there. What do you see from Shakir, and what are you curious about maybe what he can do as a senior?
1: Yeah, the first thing is I I look at how he can get off the line of scrimmage pretty quickly in high school. He gets into his routes well, uh, gets out of his breaks quickly, understands how to gain separation. You know, the the question with Ajani for a lot of schools was his top end speed. And I know he ran that, uh, I think it was a 2198 as a sophomore in a 200 meter. It's not a lot of 100 times out there, you know, 40 times aren't really there. I don't think he ran when he came to Penn State camp. I think he had a hamstring issue, if I remember right. Um, So for me, he's kind of a possession guy who does have the speed to sneak behind the defense. You can work him in the middle of the field. You can line him up in the slot. Uh, He's got to get stronger, as pretty much every high school kid does. But he's really going to have to develop his upper body strength to deal with jams at the line of scrimmage, to deal with some of the physical play when the ball's in the air with DBs. But I, I think you can use him in the slot. I think you can wind up, you know, put him outside if you need to. You you can send him on flies. You can run him over the middle. Um, he tracks the ball well. I, I really like the way he goes up and gets the ball in traffic. There, there's a lot of different things, and, and it's going to depend on, A, what Penn State needs, and, B, just how some of his development takes place in the next year or two. Penn
0: State has six wide receivers on the 2022 roster who carry freshman eligibility. Half of them were considered top 24-7 prospects. We'll see what lies ahead for the 2023 class. But Shakir, the first name on the board there as we look ahead. And maybe another being added in summertime. And, and it's, a, it's a big name that Penn State fans have known about since his freshman year as well. Rodney Gallagher. Uh, we talked last time you were on, Brian, about him. Finalizing official visit plans. He's got a few coming up in June. The final of those scheduled official visits will be here in Happy Valley. And he was here just a couple of weeks ago for what sounds like was a very positive experience uh, here at Beaver Stadium and and, and Penn State. Announcing, announcing that he will be committing July 4th. What does the timeline mean to you?
1: Uh, nothing. (laughs) I mean, to be honest, he's going to make his visits in June. You can still, you know, Rodney Gallagher can still add one at the end of June. You know, that June 24th weekend, I think is still open, you know, Notre Dame, Penn State, Pitt, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, some of the schools involved. Uh, He just came off a Notre Dame visit before the Penn State visit for their spring game that went well. Um, He's going to be down at Virginia Tech with Tamir Robinson, um, think is coming up week you know next week um it's kind of like when everybody pretty much wants to decide they're going to make their June visits and then they're going to decide sometime in July for him he decided he wanted to do it July 4th I mean I I figured with him it would be sometime in early to mid-July so I don't I don't think it changes the time frame much it it, you know schools are still going to have to get out and see him they're still going to Try to get him on campus at some point again this spring before the official visits. Uh, I don't. I don't really think that announcing July Fourth is any surprise or any big deal. I. I think with Gallagher, he knows Penn State so well. He's so comfortable there. His mom went there. It's just a matter of does he feel the fit in the offense? And you know, there's a lot of talk with West Virginia with with NIL stuff going on. So we'll see how they factor in. We'll see how Virginia Tech factors in. He knows Brent Pry really well from when Brent Pry was the D.C. at Penn State. And, you know, like I said, he liked his Notre Dame visit as well. And then, you know, Pittsburgh's always sitting there in the backyard kind of for him. So intriguing. We'll see what happens with these visits. I think the visits will tell a lot to where he winds up going and where he's comfortable.
0: And Tyler Bowen, of course, down at Virginia Tech, he was on Penn State staff when they initially offered Ronnie Gallagher, now the play caller for the Hokies. Um, Brian, you were uh, at the UC Report Camp last weekend in New Jersey. A nice showing. A, a lot of Penn State relevance, which we love at Lines Twenty Four uh, Seven. You followed up with a bunch of stories, and the guy I want to start with is, is the guy who's committed to Penn State, and that's Joshua Miller. He's gone out and and, and posted a, a video recently that showed off some athleticism. It sounds like that caught some attention, and I'm curious what you've seen. Is that athleticism how that's translating onto the field? Because Notable that he shed a little bit of weight here, getting into uh, you know preparation mode for his senior season.
1: Listen, the first thing with Josh Miller is, I, I mean, I put it in a story that I did the other day for lines two four seven of him dunking wearing Crocs. I just want to go on record as saying. Crocs are now in, my kids wear them, all that other stuff. I've been wearing them pretty much since the beginning of them when people used to rip me for it. And I guess, I, you know, as people can tell now, I am kind of a fashion trendsetter. You, you can see everybody's going to be getting that Liverpool hoodies pretty soon. But, uh, no, I mean, watching him dunk it, you know, a little bit over 6'4", and being able to throw it down, going off one foot wearing Crocs is pretty impressive. Uh, when I saw him and i i was at his school in the fall and so then when i saw him at the uc report in north jersey on sunday first thing that popped out was geez he's he's trimmed down a little bit kind of got a little more defined he told me he put in some work you know not only in the weight room but also conditioning eating better he's dropped 20 pounds and watching him go through drills he looked light on his feet seemed like it was easier for him to bend um he moved a lot more freely than maybe he did in the fall. So, I mean, which stands to reason, if you're in better shape, you're usually going to move better. And he's a kid that works really hard. He's a smart kid. His technique looked good. I mean, listen, when you, when you go to these camps, you're only getting about four reps for the line of scrimmage. So you're not going to see a lot, but he battled hard. Uh, he was able to move his feet. He stayed low and patient in his base. He was strong with his punch. So a lot of good things that you see. And yes, we, we are discussing whether his ranking will move or not. Do we want to see more from him in the fall or from what we've seen now. It's enough to say, OK, we need to move him a little bit.
0: Yeah, I was uh, you knew that question was going to be coming on the message board. That's
1: the only thing people care about. I mean, forget all the other stuff, you know, he he could hop around on one leg and people would be like, oh, is his ranking going up? (laughs)
0: Well, nice job being proactive on that one. Um, Samson Okunlola was your top performer in the piece that you put up uh, coming out of that camp. And clearly he is a coveted commodity when you look commodity when you look at the offensive line class for 2023, a big time tackle prospect Penn State would love to make sure they're in the mix for him moving forward. Um, What's your read on his recruitment doesn't sound like he's quite there yet and finalizing his travel plans.
1: Oh, this one's going to go on for a while. I mean, you know, his his brother who wound up signing with Pittsburgh Samuel in the twenty two class, it was a signing day deal, I believe it was, where he announced with with us on CBS HQ. Um, you know, for a while he sat there and waited about where where he would make official visits to. Samson went with him on some of those visits. This is gonna this is gonna be a, a bit of some time. I mean, he'll make some in June. And then he'll take the summer, relax, and then he'll make one or two in the fall. And I could see him deciding late. And you got to remember, when we're talking about official visits in the fall for Lola, he plays at Thayer Academy up in uh, Braintree, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. They play on Saturdays. And while they don't start until maybe mid-September, probably, the, I think it's usually that third Saturday in September, they then play all those Saturdays into November not a lot of chance to get out and make official visits um but he's smart enough to know he needs to get in a few you know whether it's and and him and I spoke about this after you know I wrote a story not only was he a top performer then I wrote a story on where his recruitment sits and you know he said listen there is no top list of schools and the story didn't say that but of course coaches are wondering if he has a top list yet he doesn't but there's a bunch in there, Penn State, Ohio State. I mean, just go down, you know, Georgia, A and M, Oregon. I mean, he'll he'll wind up making his five visits and, and getting through the process, but it's it's gonna be a while. And I, I think right now Penn State sits in a good chance to get an official. Um I, I think they'll get one, but we'll see.
0: Five-star composite, number 25 overall in the 24-7 sports rankings. One other name here, I don't think he was at this camp, but while I'm on the subject of offensive linemen, you got around the scene, Logan Howland at the Hun School yeah. um, in Princeton. I mean, this is a guy that has really surfaced in the spring. We talked about his story last week, transitioning from tight end, reclassifying from 2022 to 2023, got some history on the basketball court. You got some eyeballs on him. You heard from him about where his recruitment's headed. Um, Penn State going a factor into this one after extending an offer
1: a couple of weeks ago? Great question. I mean, are they? Fa- yeah, they're factoring in right now. Um, you know, the one thing with Logan Hallen when you're making that transition from tight end to offensive tackle is it's going to take a little bit of time for that upper body strength to really show. And you know, watch. I was at his workout last week at the Hun School in Princeton, which. Penn State folks, same place as Caden Wallace went, same place as Fred Hansard went. And so I was able to watch him. He bends well. He's athletic. He's got length. He moves really well. So now the question is technique, which he's still learning, which on the plus side, he goes in as kind of like a a nice piece of clay that you can mold without a lot of bad habits. He does have some blocking in his background as a tight end. So it's not like he's adverse to being playing with his hand on the ground and all that stuff, but it's going to take a little bit of time to build up his strength. And so the question then becomes with Penn state, with what they have on the offensive line with, you know, guys that they're still recruiting, whether it's Evan Link, whether it's Samson, Oak and Lowell, or, or somebody else, you know, whether it's Zachariah Owens or Caden Proctor, there's a, there's a list of guys that they have that, maybe or or, or a little further along from a physical standpoint. And so, yes, they extended the offer. He's got four officials set up already. One is not the Penn State. The other schools he really mentioned were Michigan and Penn State from from those four officials. And those officials, just so we know, Oklahoma, Iowa, Vanderbilt, and Miami. If he goes to Michigan and it goes well there, I could see him coming out of the weekend setting an official to Michigan. But as you well know, just because you set five officials in May doesn't mean those are the five officials you're going to take when it comes time in June.
0: Absolutely, especially where you're packing a lot of recruitment into a short portion like you are in yeah. this situation. Um, Brian, London Montgomery was another guy that you got to speak with at yeah. the UC Report, uh, clearly a name that has been uh, on the rise for Nittany Lions fans as they assess the running back recruitment uh, s- situation in 2023. You signed a couple of top 24-7 prospects there last class. It's in good shape, but you always want to be stacking. London Montgomery coming out of, of that camp, go, go moving
1: toward June. Where do you see him progressing right now? In his recruitment, I mean, I think Penn State's the school to beat. He's He's been on campus a few times. You know, he, he was there before getting offered. I remember he visited in January. He got offered. He got up to campus a few times. The one official visit he has set right now is to Penn State in June. Um, if you're an in-state running back, it's tough to beat Penn State. Um, and I think that's where it stands now. Rutgers, Boston College have done a really good job in recruiting him. You know, Virginia Tech has done a good job recruiting him. Pittsburgh is starting to make a move with him. But at the end of the day, traditionally, Penn State wins these battles. I'm close to putting in a crystal ball pick, so everybody takes that for what it's worth, too. There's nothing coming down the pike in terms of when he's going to announce. But it's just a feel I get in talking to him and watching some of the things and how his recruitment is playing out. Another name here, uh, defensive lineman Mason Robinson, as
0: we continue. I mean, you're, you're trying to lock down when these guys are visiting, where they're visiting, how it's going to factor into their timeline. Here's another name that popped up. Um, and, and and another one where Penn State is, is you know, in the picture.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote about Mason Robinson on Wednesday, uh, an assist to Jackie Franchulli from our Virginia site, who was at the school and uh, got me some stuff. He's going to visit Northwestern this weekend officially, and he has officials for June to Penn state and Virginia tech. And again, I'm sure everybody out there who is not on lions 247 will be on Lions 247 to read it. Um, But, you know, he's a defensive lineman from McDonough, which is right in Penn state's wheelhouse in terms of getting players. You know, I I think there's four of them on the roster right now at Penn state from McDonough. Um, And so, Penn State wants him. He had a great relationship with the D-line coach, John Scott. I think Penn State's in a good spot with him. But I think Mason Robinson, Mason Robinson wants to go visit a bunch of places. Uh, I think Northwestern's going to be interesting for him this weekend because it's beautiful. they got great facilities out there. It's a high academic school. He's at McDonough, which is a high academic school. So I'm curious to see if Northwestern can – really make a push in this one and get real i mean he's making an official so they're really involved but really become one of those factors where you say listen man penn state's got to work and virginia tech's got to work on this one so we'll see
0: Again, Penn State at number three. Last I checked, those rankings are shifting daily with all the movement going on in the recruiting world right now. But uh, tops in the Big Ten coming off of the Ajani Shakir commitment. Brian, we always appreciate it. Uh, probably won't be too long before you're back on the podcast, but uh, I know you got other podcast duties coming up today. So thanks a lot for for making some time for us.
1: Yeah, hey, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. We'll
0: be right back on the Lions 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, Great stuff from Brian Doan, as always. Make sure you're following his content. I think he will have some more stuff up later here on Friday at lions247.com as he keeps his finger on the pulse of Penn State recruiting across the region. We're going to shift gears now and get into some Nittany Lions basketball recruiting because a big announcement from 24-7 Sports this week, the final top 150 rankings for the class of 22 recruits, and that includes... Three incoming Penn State basketball players, and we don't talk much Nittany Lions hoops recruiting on the show, but a good opportunity to do that. We've got a great guest to do it with. Uh, let's bring him in, Adam Finkelstein, recently joined 24/7 Sports uh, as the director of college basketball scouting. He's done a tremendous job early on. I've been excited to follow some of your coverage. I know Penn State fans are always happy when Nittany Lions uh, news pops up, and we're going to get into a bunch of it. There's a one player in particular that you think the industry may be overlooking a little bit, but let's give you a chance real quick it's our your first time on the show with us Adam if you could give a little bit of the lay of the land of how you got the 24-7 sports and, and kind of what your mission is with us
2: well thanks very much for having me first of all yeah it's been an exciting uh, few weeks um, just this is the beginning of, of week four for me and it was um, you know coming here was a culmination of a, a pretty long process and spent 12 years at ESPN doing uh, college basketball recruiting from them and both dot com and on air. So uh, that was a, a terrific experience with with a, a lot of great people that I'm I'm forever grateful for. But, you know, I, I really think that that what we've got going here at 24 seven with CBS HQ is um, on the verge of being the an unprecedented platform in, in not just recruiting, but college sports. I mean, the, the type of access you have, the type of network you have, uh, in terms of boots on the ground, all types of different perspective, and then with the digital networks, and I say that as a plural, um, it, it's really just, I think, a, a great time to be in this space, and, and that's ultimately what what really, you know, got me to come over. Um, you know, I think you asked about my history before kind of going over to the media side. I, I coached at the college level, um, Division three and Division one. I. I did a couple of years scouting, under Marty Blake, who is the director of scouting for the NBA. So I, I've been very fortunate to uh, experience the game at a variety of different levels. And hopefully that helps to kind of educate the, the, um, the, the type of analysis I'm able to, to bring to our, our readers and followers.
0: Absolutely. We appreciate all the insight that you bring to 24 7 sports. And let's get some of it now because three names popped up again in these top 150 rankings uh, for 2022 basketball recruits. So, guys that are going to be impacting the court this upcoming season. Let's start with the man who's the tops among Nittany Lions players. And that is Evan Mahaffey, uh number 117 overall, uh, forward out of Archbishop Moeller in Cincinnati. Uh, I'm just going to throw these names at you and, and let you do your job. <laughs>
2: Well, he's someone that I think you know. You tie back into those Midwest roots, and knowing where Micah Shrewsbury has been uh, previously, not just in terms of the areas he's recruited, but the coaches he's worked under—Matt Painter, Brad Stevens—you're going to see versatile front court guys who can who can um, not only score the ball, but who can think, execute, make plays within the context of their offense. And I think he's certainly um fits that that prototype uh and and again it speaks to what i believe is going to be a pretty strong pipeline into that midwest area
0: um we'll kind of circle back to some bigger picture stuff because i'm curious to hear how you think shrewsbury is doing at penn state where you can go moving forward but just kind of running through this list next up is Jamil brown uh, out of virginia a, a guard number 139 overall
2: yeah, so he's I'm at sorry the... I'm sorry
0: not out of Pen- out of, out of Pennsylvania right. we'll get to the guy out of Virginia uh, in just a moment Kanye Clary but uh, out of Westtown school in Northtown Pennsylvania
2: so Jamil is a uh is a skilled combo guard he had a a really big reputation early on in his high school careers he was in the USA basketball system early uh high character all the intangibles coaches are going to love him fans are going to love him teammates are going to love him he it's one of the things that makes him just a building block when you're trying to to rebuild a program from the ground up. And the other thing he does really, really well is he shoots the basketball. So he's going to give you spacing. He's going to be someone who can play pick and roll either from the primary side of the floor or the secondary side of the floor, because I think he is a combo guard uh, more two than one, but someone who can play with the ball in his hands as well
0: and Kanye Clary wraps up this list uh in terms of one top 150 guys he's number 143 um joined the rankings and and clearly someone that you were pushing for to join the rankings you mentioned him in, in 10 players that you feel like you are higher on than the industry is right now
2: why do you feel so strongly about Clary who is that card out of Virginia that I referenced well he's just a warrior and and I'm going to try not to describe him in ways that'll come off as cliche but um you know, he just, all those cliches, he are, are, you know, they're cliches for a reason. And usually that's because they're pretty accurate, but he is just the heart and soul of a team coach on the floor, all that stuff. And I got a chance to watch him more than most this season. He was playing at Masson Hutton Military Academy in Virginia. And when I tell you he would just single-handedly will that team to wins over over teams that, that from a talent perspective, they had no business beating in terms of you know, one through 12 on the roster. But this guy just has that type of contagious mentality, contagious leadership. And I think when you're Micah Shrewsbury and you're going into year two and you're trying to, again, rebuild a program, but also build your own culture, this is a guy who I believe is just going to be absolutely critical to that. And I should also say that the reason I'm higher on him than most is because I had the opportunity to see more of him than others. You know, I mean, you've got a handful of of evaluators kind of trying to cover the whole country. Basically we're, we're seeing as much as we can, but we're not being, we're not able to see every player the, the eight 10 times that their future college coaches are. This is one that I got to see quite a lot this year. So it gave me a unique appreciation of really what he's capable of. And uh, you know, I just think it is an absolutely perfect addition for Penn state. I advocate you're right. I did advocate for him. Ironically, uh, we did our last set of rankings at ESPN before I left. And then I came over here and they were doing their last set of rankings. So I kind of just organically got to participate in both. And, um, you know, I, I advocated for him for both spots because I just think he is a winner, a leader, and going to be an absolutely foundational piece for Penn State moving forward.
0: The number 23 point guard in, in 24-7 sports rankings, and you talked about that potential for him to be a culture driver. How quickly yeah. can something like that happen? Because at this position, point guard, obviously someone who's going to be heavily involved in orchestrating things and, and 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 being the guy who's an extension of the coaching staff in some ways. What do you think about the capabilities as a true freshman of Clary getting involved and being able to handle the rigors of Big Ten play?
2: Uh, I, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, listen, there's still so, – I don't want to – there's still some holes in his game. He doesn't have great size. He's not a knockdown three-point shooter. I mean, so I, I understand why people have only got to see him a, a handful of times. Don't see. He doesn't fit in in those conventional boxes where he's long and athletic or he's a dynamic shooter or any of those things. What he does is he checks all those other categories in, in, in terms of intangibles, leadership, will, desire. And those are things that the more you see him, the more you get an appreciation for. Um, so having had the luxury of, of, of seeing him as often as I have, I can't envision a scenario where he comes in and despite being a freshman where he feels uncomfortable asserting himself, that's just not this guy's mentality whatsoever. So I, I, I think you'll see him, um, make a, make an impact from day one. Now, whether or not that'll manifest itself into, into stats or minutes or starts, I think that stuff is more external in nature, but internally I can pretty much guarantee that the program is going to get better right away uh, by him, him uh, coming into the fold.
0: The debut campaign for Micah Shrewsbury at Penn state was a bit of a tough read because you had the roster kind of in scramble mode last yeah. winter guys enter the portal. Some guys came back, guys came from the portal. Um, you know, hard to figure out exactly what you've got. Now he's building the roster. He's recruiting the roster. We, we we picked up on some things in terms of how he's going to coach during the game. What are some of the calling cards of what this guy is going to do and look to do on the recruiting trail?
2: I, I think you're going to see uh, from a geographic standpoint, we talked about the the ties into the Midwest, um, both where he has, you know, his personal history with, with Purdue and, and places even before he went into the NBA. I think there's also going to be um, schematically and stylistically, there's going to be some similarities uh, to places like Purdue and even even the Celtics uh, with Brad Stevens. And when you look at the common denominators between the places he's been in the past, it's high character guys who play hard, play good, solid team basketball. Um, and, and I think that's, that's just going to be the way in which this program is built. They're not going to skip steps. You know, a first year on the job, I understand if a fan base wants teams who are going to come out and win 20 games right off the bat and and you know, get one and done guys, and make a splash in recruiting. But um, sometimes just the base hit is is a better way to go than swinging for the fence in year one. And I really thought that that Micah Shrewsbury and his staff did that in year one. I thought they set the foundation. I thought it's really clear what they're looking for. It's really clear what they're going to prioritize. Um, they are, you know, Matt Painter is a guy who who loves to publicly knock recruiting rankings. I think uh, Mike is someone who may not do that um, as publicly but has made it known that he's going to prioritize things that fit his system over what anybody else thinks of a player. And so, again, I think that's going to be toughness, basketball IQ, and skill. Uh, composite
0: ranking for this 2022 class was 25. So they, they they could kind of tout that a little bit and say a top 25 class coming in from Micah Shrewsbury's first group. And there's a ways to go. We'll, we'll see where it goes. The Big Ten is not an easy ladder to climb, but yeah. just uh, based on – you know. Being involved in this game for a while now, Adam, looking two, three years down the road, what's the best case scenario for how this pans out with Shrewsbury in terms of acquiring talent and building a roster?
2: Well, I think when it comes to roster construction and and building the roster, as you said, retention is going to be just as important as recruitment because in this day and age of college basketball, where the transfer portal is such a a prevalent theme, um, when you are investing in building up players and and develop them developing them on kind of a linear basis throughout the course of their career if you're not keeping them you're just develop developing them for somebody else so given the types of guys that he's he's recruiting penn state is going to be good if they can retain their players and get old and build in continuity that was a that was a model that was a lot easier in college basketball 5 years ago But it appears to me that that is that is the model that Micah Shrewsbury and his staff are really going to try and uh, are really going to try and subscribe to. I think that's consistent with his values. I think that's consistent with who he is as a player or coach and and the places he's been in the past. And so I think retention, uh, even more so than recruitment, is going to be really, really pivotal because these players right now, listen. It's a good class. It's not a class that's going to have like the one and done type type prospects is is, is some of the, the, you know, the blue bloods, if you will. But it's a group that if that if the majority of this core stays together for two or three years by the time they're upperclassmen, you're going to have a very good team in the Big Ten.
0: Well, Adam, we really, really appreciate you hopping on with us. Uh, Certainly won't be the last time you do that here in the Lions 24-7 podcast, but you can follow his work uh, across the 24-7 Sports Network moving forward as our Director of Scouting for Basketball. He is Adam Finkelstein. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, take care. Uh, a couple of our top experts, I can tell you across the the very very large 24/7 sports network joined us here on a Friday between Brian and Adam. We are very appreciative for that. Appreciate our producer Lance Glenn. I know he's got an interview coming up with himself with a big 10 football coach he's got to get to. Uh, so we'll step aside. We'll be back next week. Whatever pops up over the weekend, recruiting team related, we will address going into next week. Some other guests will be coming on the show. Hopefully, we'll have plenty to talk about. Uh, always hard to tell in May, but uh, this was a good week for us in terms of news with Johnny Shakir coming on board, a bunch of recruiting notes up at lines247.com, and these basketball rankings. You want to learn a little bit more about these guys? We've got some coverage about the uh, the hoops recruits at lines247.com as well. Hope you all have a great weekend coming up uh, for everyone here at Lines Twenty Four Seven Podcast. I am Tyler Donahue. Take care